Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Good morning, everybody. It is, uh, it's good to be here with you all. Uh, you, you guys can open up to Ephesians 6. You guessed it. Uh, we will, we will be there in a little bit. So there, there's this, there's this show on Netflix and it's, it's the sequel to the Karate Kids series. They're kind of a sequel, but it's maybe 20 years. 25 years, maybe 30 years in the future. Um, and, and it's this series. It's, it's really cool because they have the actual characters that were in the original Karate Kid. Uh, they have Dan, Daniel Son and then they have, uh, you know, Johnny Lawrence, um, who was part of the Cobra Kai, the, this competing dojo. Um, but now they're, they're grown up. And so Daniel Son has, as he has a couple of kids of his own. He's an adult. He owns this car dealership. He's, Seems to be relatively, you know, wealthy and good standing. And then there's this, this other guy, this Johnny Lawrence, and he's kind of a, a deadbeat dad and, and he's, you know, addicted to some substances and is pretty rough around the edges. And it, it, that's the start of the story. I'm not going to give away everything. Uh, maybe you'll watch it. I don't know, but, but it's a pretty interesting, uh, little bit. And then this guy, Johnny Lawrence, though, he's started out was really kind of a bad dude, whatever. And you, you see, there's, there's this interaction that he has and increasingly, basically he opens a dojo for those who are kind of like on the outskirts of, you know, high school society, nerds, you know, they get bullied all the time, X, Y, and Z. And, um, and he has this, this line that, that he, he basically, he decides that he's going to teach this kid. And so he starts and they, they do regular punching stuff. And it's very different than the Mr. Miyagi way, which you guys know the wax on, wax off and, you move things out of the way and it's like defense first and you don't know exactly. And then it turns in to good things. But this way is like, no, we're going to punch, then we're going to kick. And then he teaches them a little bit about defense. Johnny Lawrence says, now I'm going to teach you the best defense you can know. The best defense is more offense. And he, and he keeps teaching them about offense. And I, I, today I want to talk about the relevance of that statement. The best defense being more offense especially as it applies to our spirituality and our fight against the devil. Uh, we're, we're in Ephesians 6, and we're going we're gonna to read here in verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. And so pause here. And so we're, we're learning and we're going to repeat this. It's going to be repetitive and that's good because I think it's going to sit with us then is that 
We are fighting against the devil. Anytime you, you think somebody cuts you off at work or cuts you off on the way to work or you're doing whatever, you're fighting against the devil. Anytime your, your spouse is a little bit sharp with you, you're, you're fighting against the devil and not them being the devil, but that evil is in the world. And so you are fighting against something that is much bigger than, than, than anything we can imagine. And so for that reason, it says, well, what weapons ought we use? Well, not weapons of yelling and telling them how bad they are or, or, or trying to cut back off this guy. No, it says the weapons we should use is to put on the full armor of God. Uh, and, and keep reading here in, in verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your, weight, your waist. And we said that, that we have to agree on what is true. And the Bible is like the source of truth. It says with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And that's that if, if we need to focus on our relationships with God, if, if we're going to keep from, from outside stuff really infecting what we believe in our, in our emotions. And then today it says, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Then it says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. And we'll talk about that with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Today we're talking about having our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And so the, the big takeaway is that if we are going to fight against the devil's schemes, sometimes, not every time, but sometimes the best defense is a good offense. So you guys go, go over to, to Luke 12. We're going to break this down a little bit and then we're going to build it back up and, and hopefully there'll be some practical stuff that we can, we can pull from. So we're in Luke 12 and we're going to talk. This first point is what's so peaceful about this gospel. And so in, in that time, you know, I, you hear the gospel of peace and there, there sometimes appears to be, if you're a new person who's starting to read the gospel or reading, reading the Bible, there appears to be, oh, there's this gospel like this. And then there's the gospel of, of truth. And, and, oh man, there's many different gospels. And the reality is that it's, it's all one. It's just giving different characteristics to it. But for whatever reason, the, the author says that this is the, the gospel of peace is what to lock into. So it'd be the good news. Gospel equals good news is, is a way you can look at it. But work with me here, because if you've read your Bible for any length of time, especially if you, especially in the gospels, it doesn't always appear to be something that brings peace. And actually it, this idea of peace, it, it actually flies in some ways. It appears to contradict what Jesus says. Uh, and so we're going to look at what Jesus says and, and we'll, we'll make it real in a sec. So what's so peaceful about this gospel? In, in Luke 12, in verse 51, now these, this is Jesus talking. Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one, five in one family divided against each other. Three against two, two against three, they will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. This is where we, we talk negatively about the in-laws. This is where that, that verse came from. <laughs> our, my, our in-laws are in town. We're happy to have you guys here. So, <laughs> Jesus is saying right here, he says, man, no, I didn't even come to bring peace on this earth. But in another parallel scripture, he says, no, I came actually to bring a sword. I came to bring division, actually. And so we know the Bible is not able to disagree with itself. So then what, what does this mean? 
Well, what I would say, so in the, in the time of Jesus, uh, he's communicating a pretty relevant truth that there's going to be division. Following him, certainly if you were a Jew in that day and decided what this guy is saying is true, not all of your family would get on board and, and jump in on it. And so surely, without a doubt, there was, there was families, whole families divided against each other. It's, it's, it was never intended to be some literal post-apocalyptic physical slaying type of battle. That was not that, that people that take it are doing bad exegesis. And so Jesus is speaking relevant to them that, hey, because of my message, there's going to be some division. But that's not the goal. That's not the intention. No, in, in fact, the intention is to create peace, but the, the peace can't be created until we make it a little bit more of a mess. Uh, I think uh, basically you, we have to break something down in order for it to get better in the long run. So, so this last uh, couple of weeks ago, we, well, we started out with me, tried to put together my daughter's crib. And, uh, and, and so I was trying to follow directions and I'm usually so bad at following directions, except for when I know I had something I literally can't even guess how to do it right. And this is one of those things I had no idea. I couldn't even guess how to put together a crib. It's all these different pieces. And actually it was pretty easy, but I'm, I'm just not competent at that stuff. So I read the directions through and I organized each, each of the, the, you know, the J1 or whatever you put J1 here and J uh, K7 and you put K7 here and, and so you have it all kind of laid out before you started putting together this crib and it became pretty clear that there was a piece that wasn't going to be able to fit in line with another piece. And I was like, man, my first reaction was, well, these guys must have messed it up. It, <laughs> they, they must have sent me the wrong thing. And, and now and then Alec had just gotten back from work. And so Alec came in and he was like, hey, do you need help? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so and so he sat down and we're just crisscross applesauce trying to figure this thing out. And I felt a little bit of solace because Alec actually didn't know what to do right away. Because you, you, I know Alec is, is much more like tech, uh, savvy with this kind of stuff. And so I figured if Alec didn't know right away, it doesn't, I'm, I'm not doing something that bad then. Um, and so we were just kind of, you know, confused for about three minutes. And they said, well, dude, should this move on the other side actually? And then I looked again, we looked at this diagram and then we had to take things apart before we put things back together again. It had to get messy before things, things ended up being put in the right way. But you, you guys think about relationships that you've been in and there's been more than a few times. You know, I, I think about when I was when I was growing up, there was uh, a friend of mine and we were close friends. Uh, I was in third grade and he was in second grade and we kind of, we kind of grew up together and we would always go over to each other's house and watch wrestling and, and all that stuff. We played N64 and all, it was just a blast. And then there was something, there was a little disagreement that occurred between us where we basically didn't see eye to eye on something at a young age. And then we, we ended up for a series of, you know, four or five months really didn't talk all that much. We're next door neighbors and we didn't spend much time talking. Um, there, there was just a lack of connection between us because there was this disagreement. And on both of our ends, we were cordial. We were fine. There wasn't anything that was super deep, intense, but, but there was not peace. And so it took us getting together. It took actually our parents kind of getting together and saying, Hey, you guys got to, you know, make up, say what you did wrong, say what you did wrong. And, Okay, come to this good consensus and conclusion. Then, and then surely, like I, we had this conversation. Then the next day, I went over to his house, knocked on the door, and I said, "Hey, can Kyle play outside?" And that was like the symbol that okay, we're we're good now. If we, you can play outside, and we can throw the football around. And but but the reality is, in this meeting, 
things had to get pretty messy and things had to get kind of gross and we had to do a bunch of different stuff and and to in order to come to a spot where we could have real peace I, I think the, the truth is with when, when we're preaching this gospel, it is, it is one that is peaceful, but it's not one that appears peaceful right away. Uh, the, the worst thing that, that we can do is to preach something that's just peaceful and never have any confrontation with anybody else. If you're, if you're a follower of Christ, Christ your, your belief and subsequent actions have to say that this is the true source of hope. Without the Bible without Jesus, there's no hope. There's no hope for peace. Sit with that for a second. There's no hope for peace without Jesus. That means that any any kind of, and we've got election season coming up, and, and any kind of government authority, there's there's no hope for peace. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. There's no hope. You can look in Romans, and you can keep going, and forever you can always look, and you can't show me anything that has real peace. You can show me a group of people that decide that we're going to get messed up if we say no to this person. So we're not going to say no. And so we're going to paint over it and appear peaceful, but there's, there's no, that's not real peace. I truly, I, I don't care who you vote for, but if you spend any significant time promoting those beliefs verbally or on Facebook, even with those who agree with you, th- then I would say you're, you're missing it. I would say you, you've forgotten where, where true peace actually comes from. And in fact, I think I'd put before you that that you're likely at war with the wrong enemy altogether. The only real peace comes from the gospel of Christ. This is the hope for humanity. So as we as we as we think about as we think about, well, this is the gospel of peace, then, okay, what do we do with it? Well, it says feet, feet ready. Uh, My point, too, is, is that balance necessitates movement. And so the, this idea of having your feet feet ready. So the the Roman in the Roman day, the, this it's actually they looked a lot like cleats or sandals with cleats on. So these these sandals that they would wear would be flat, and they would have a bunch of different strips of leather that would kind of protect them. And then on the bottom of it, you would have to put on for yourself some nubs that were essentially like cleats. And the reason you would do that is for in battle for you to be balanced and all of that stuff. The the second reason actually would be so that when you when you walk, you're able to walk long distances without anything poking through your feet and actually hurting you. And and so this is the the idea that our feet have to be be ready. In in Mark one, I, I think it illustrates this this idea pretty well though. This is Jesus and it's been called, you know, maybe this is a, just a day in the life of uh of our Savior right here. Um it's inspiring. There's so many lessons to pull from it. In, uh, in Mark 1, 29, we'll read uh, through 39. It says, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, so he's up late, and he's up early. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions 
went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Let's stop here. Just a day in the life. We have Jesus who he goes and he, he sees someone in distress and he decides to heal them. And then this, the word of him healing gets out to everybody else and the whole village, it says, just brings people. And if they, if they can just interact with Jesus, I know they're going to be different. And, and if I was Jesus in that, in that moment, I, I, maybe I would heal them. If I had the power to, I think I, I would. But then my response the next day would not be to go on somewhere else. It would be, well, let me stay here. These people really need help. And I, I think it, it illustrates a really interesting point, though. He says that I want to go to the nearby villages. That's why I've come. There was good stuff to do in, in this village that he was at, but there was better stuff to do at a different village. And so for, for you and I, this idea of, of balance, I think so often the, the response can be, well, in order to be balanced, I have to have this exactly on straight and this exactly on straight. And I, I need to know exactly what we're going to eat for the meals coming up. And I need to, you know, have this, my, my kids in a good spot. And I need to have my job, my, the work life balance is what it's called, right? And there's, there's, there's this perception that I think is, is pretty far from, from reality. I would put before us that, that instead of balance to view it in some ways like a priority list. Um, and that's, I think what Jesus is doing here. Uh, but, but the priority list would say that I'm not able to just stay static and get everything aligned. So let me not worry about that. And this is the feet fit with the readiness. That means we need to be moving forward. There's the, I, I, I would say our, our discipleship, if you call yourself a Christian is, is like a hula hoop in some ways. If you guys ever flipped a hula hoop, then had it like stand up, like you just flip it, you know, whatever. And it, it rolls and it, it stays standing and it stays balanced only as long as it's moving. Or you have a tire that's just by itself and it, you flip it or you push it and tires, they, they stay balanced. They stay upright only as long as they're moving. You take a spinning top and you, you do that. And, and only as long as it's moving is, is when it's actually in line. I, I think you and I, we're, we're the same way. Our, our, our Christianity, our discipleship is the same way. It's not enough to say, well, once I get, once I finally understand, once I have a real conviction about sharing my faith, that's when I'm going to share my faith. And once I have just this great perspective on, on prayer, well, that's when I'm going to really connect with God in prayer. Once, once I, I figure out more, then I'm going to start following and I know it's coming up. And I, I would say we got to keep on pressing and moving forward. This is the feet fit with the readiness right here. You know, you, you, you show me uh, a follower of Christ who's not actively trying to spread the gospel. And I'll show you someone who's on their way to losing the battle. Not because of anything that you have to do it in order to be in a good spot. But if, if we're going to embrace the reality that sometimes the best defense is a really good offense, then we have to get on the offensive with the devil. There's, there's, there's not enough armor that we can put on to just play defense. And defense, if we'll be honest, is actually a lot less fun. Uh, work with me here. I, in, you'll ne- you won't find anybody, if you talk to any Pop Warner football, any, everyone wants to be the runner. You said, what position do you play? And the guy, he can be the chubbiest guy in the world, the slowest guy in all the nation. And yet he'd say, I play running back. The running back is the offensive guy who gets the ball the most in the Pop Warner football and gets to run. Why? Because offense is just more fun. I would, I would put before us that the same is true in Christianity, that, that offense is more fun to play. 
And so let us be those that, that overcome the devil by being on the offensive. The, the cool thing here is that in, in, in those days, these feet would have traveled miles to bring pain, to incite conflict and to conquer. They would have traveled so long with spikes at the bottom, just trampling over the unconscious. Right now, our feet, they're commissioned to bind wounds, to reconcile, to show people a better way and to wake the unconscious from their slumber. What an awesome mission that we do have. Isaiah 52, it it says in verse 7, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That is the opportunity that you and I have. We talked about getting, surely get ready, hunker down, absolutely. But I'd put before us that that we ought to be moving forward. We ought to be on the attack and on the offensive if we are going to have any lasting victory over the devil. And so as, as you think about the idea of sharing your faith this week, I want you to pay special attention to a couple of things Pay special attention that, that the news that you have is the best news you can share. It is the only hope for humanity. There's, there's no other way that we can ever come to a spot of peace if not for this news. And then also consider that, that you are, you're not able to accomplish the closeness to God that you desire Unless there's an engagement in all areas of your Christianity, not just the ones that we feel like we're, we're the best at. Jesus decided that he was going to make sharing and, and giving people hope his priority. And we ought to be those who do the same. I know it's, it's COVID times. And so there's a creativity that, that is necessitated out of us, but, but we're not excused from, from being a part of this mission. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Save my souls.